Church fans to episode number 194 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. They are a fantastic band. You can find them any place that you get your music. And once again, we thank them for allowing us to use their tunes right here at the top of the podcast for every episode. And I wanted to kick off today's episode by talking a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's obviously getting toward the end of round two here. We're getting into the nitty gritty. We've got a trio of game sevens. But for me, the story that's kind of stolen all the headlines, stolen the show, so to speak, is Oscar Lindblom uh, returning to play for the Philadelphia Flyers in game six last night against the New York Islanders, a game that the Flyers won 5-4 to four in double overtime to stay alive and force a Game 7. And it's just an incredible story with Limblom. For anyone unfamiliar with the story or anyone who just needs a refresher, he was diagnosed with Ewing's sarcoma all the way back on December 13. And Ewing's sarcoma is a rare bone cancer. And he completes chemotherapy treatments. He had obviously not played any hockey since December 13 until last night. Game six of Flyers versus Islanders. And again, the Flyers going on to pick up a double overtime victory to stay alive and force game seven in that series. And when the game went into overtime last night, I texted my friend Bobby Sampson. And you guys know Bobby. He's been on the show a couple of times already. He's a huge Flyers fan, one of the biggest Flyer fans you'll ever meet. Still a good guy despite all that. But yeah, I asked him, you know, via text message, you know, Lindblom pretty much has to score the game-winning goal tonight, right? And he agreed, and obviously that did not happen, but the Flyers did win the game in overtime. you got to believe that it's a team that probably got a boost from having Lindblom back in the locker room, back in the lineup, and we're going to Game 7. That will be played tomorrow night, Saturday night at 8 p.m., but it was just so cool to see Lindblom back out there. Uh, he saw 17 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time, uh, even saw some time on the power play. He spent 3 minutes and 31 seconds on the ice during the man advantage, and he also dished out two hits and blocked one shot and he saw most of his ice time on the third line on the left wing his line mates were Derek Grant and Tyler Pitlick and it's also worth pointing out that he is one of three finalists for the Bill Masterson Trophy the other two nominees are Bobby Ryan of the Ottawa Senators and Stephen Johns of the Dallas Stars the award is given annually to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance sportsmanship and dedication to ice hockey and the winner is selected by the Professional Hockey Writers Association after each team nominates one player for the award. So we've got it narrowed down to three players at this point. Uh, Just to give you a look at the other nominees, I mean, definitely uh, worth acknowledging some of the challenges that these men have faced as well. Uh, Bobby Ryan has struggled with alcohol abuse. Uh, He attended an NHL player assistance program and missed about three months of this past season. And then in his second game back, his first home game back for the Ottawa Senators, he picks up a hat trick against the Canucks. So obviously a very cool story there with Bobby Ryan. And then the other nominee is Stephen Johns. He made his triumphant return to hockey this season. He suffered from post-traumatic headaches during the 2017-2018 season, and he missed all of last season because of this. He returned this year, played in two games in the AHL with the Texas Stars, and then played 17 games with the Dallas Stars, scoring two goals and picking up three assists. And he has also appeared in four playoff games this season. So they're all great picks, but without going into too much detail here, I got to go with Lindblom. I mean, you know, 
you hear the word cancer and immediately it's extremely scary. It's a situation that could obviously be life-threatening. And I don't think too many people were counting on seeing Oscar Lindblom back on the ice this season. And obviously he got a little bit more time to, you know, go through his chemo treatments and get back into, you know, hockey shape and find his way back out there onto the ice. But it's just amazing regardless of what the circumstances have been this year. And it's been a crazy season for so many different reasons. But regardless of the circumstances, truly an amazing sight to see Oscar Lindblom back out there on the ice with the Flyers last night. I didn't even really, it didn't sink in until I actually saw him out there. I mean, that's how crazy of a story this is. And just wild that, you know, with his team backed up against the wall, down three games to two here, uh, he's able to go back out there for the Flyers and obviously give the team a big lift. And the Flyers, for the second straight game, win in overtime, and that will go to game seven. And I think it's also appropriate to talk a little bit about Lindblom, just the player, just the hockey player, because before all of this happened, he had become, you know, a pretty solid contributor for the Flyers, uh, a fifth-round pick by the team in 2014. He made his debut with the Flyers in 2017-2018, and in 134 career games, he has 30 goals and 27 assists for a total of 57 points, and he was really off to a nice start this year. He had 11 goals and 7 helpers in 30 games before being diagnosed, and I said this maybe about a month ago. I mean, everything just blends together. Like I said, it's just been a crazy season for so many different reasons, but the Flyers announced that Lindblom was going to be on the Phase 4 roster, but at the time, it didn't really seem likely that he was going to be able to play, but you know, I said at the time, never say never, especially with hockey players, because they are definitely a rare breed, and I get that Lindblom has obviously been through a lot this year, but I just figured that you could never count out a hockey player uh, no matter what they're up against. And sure enough, Oscar Lindblom making his return to the lineup last night, just a truly remarkable story and a very inspiring story as well. And my question is, what happens now in Game 7? I mean, first of all, I hope Lindblom, he was in for Couturier last night because Couturier was deemed unfit to play. But whether or not Couturier is back for Game 7, I just hope that Lindblom is still in the lineup. I don't want to see him going back to being a healthy scratch because it is just such a cool story. And, you know, are we destined to see Oscar Lindblom do something big in Game 7 against the Islanders to key a Flyers win? It's definitely possible. And I think in a year 2020 that has obviously been very challenging to say the absolute least I think people could really use this kind of boost. We need something, man. We need a cool story. We need something cool and fun and inspirational here. We just got into the last third of 2020 with the start of September. Let's see something amazing here. Let's have this year give us something positive. Give us something remarkable to see. Give us something inspirational. And who knows? You know, Lindblom, I'm sure... It's not lost on him that there are other people fighting diseases out there just like he was and still is. And, you know, if he does something big, I mean, first of all, he's probably already given people a tremendous boost just by getting back to hockey and getting back on his feet and just getting back into the lineup. But if he does something huge in the game seven, you know, if he scores, can you imagine if he scored an overtime game winner to send the Flyers to the next round, how cool that would be uh, for people who are, you know, battling illnesses around the world. And I think, man, 2020... It's a year that owes us something awesome like this because, like we said, this has been a really tough, really challenging year for a lot of people for so many different reasons. And look, I know it's the Flyers. I know Ranger fans tend not to like the Flyers very much, myself included, but you got to at least be happy to see someone do what Oscar Lindblom has done thus far and what he could continue to do because, you know, the story of this season for Oscar Lindblom has not been completed yet. He could be right back out there for Game 7, and he has a chance 
to make an impact on the outcome of Game 7. Even if it doesn't happen, it's still an incredible story that he's out there playing hockey at all. But if he does something big, if he gets an overtime game winner or just gets the game-winning goal in regulation or he picks up an assist, something big to really impact the game, I just think that would be awesome to see. And so, yeah, I mean, it would just be a really cool story. I'm sure uh, Flyer fans are probably loving this. It's Honestly, starting to get a little scary, the fact that I've now come up for basically three different reasons to root for the Flyers. You've got AV, you've got Kevin Hayes, and of course now Oscar Lindblom, who made, uh, again, just a, an incredible return to the lineup for Game 6. And we'll see what happens in Game 7. The bottom line is, everybody wins whenever there's a Game 7. If you're a hockey fan, you got to appreciate the fact right now that we had four series in this round, all four of them we're at one point three games to one. So it's looking like, oh man, are we not going to get another game seven again? Because, you know, the first round, if you remember, not a single series went to a seventh game. And then in this round, it looked like basically the same thing might happen. But we're now going to get three. And that's awesome. And I'm willing to bet that at this point, right now, at least one of these three teams is probably going to complete the three to one series comeback and uh, advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see which teams do it, which teams don't do it. But yeah, I mean, if you're a hockey fan, you got to be loving what you're seeing here. Uh, a trio of Game 7s to look forward to here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. In fact, let's go ahead and talk about these Game 7s here. We got three of them to look forward to. In just a couple of minutes here, we're actually going to get the start of Avalanche versus Stars. The Stars were up three games to one in this series. The Avalanche have thus far staved off elimination with victories in Games 5 and Game 6. And I got to stick with the Avalanche if for no other reason than the fact that I picked them to actually win the Stanley Cup in the preseason. I also picked the Toronto Maple Leafs to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. We see how that worked out. But yeah, I got to go with the Avalanche. Give me the team that's got all the momentum. Give me the team that's got uh, just a surplus of scoring threats. I like the Avalanche to uh, complete the comeback here. They've got a little momentum, and uh, I think they take down the Stars today. Again, the puck's going to be dropping for that one in just a couple of minutes. And as far as the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go with the Flyers to complete the 3-1 comeback as well. Again, you know, it's a situation where they've definitely got a little bit of momentum on their side, and obviously the team gets a big, big boost from the return of Oscar Lindblom. So I just like the Flyers to win that game. And if you're the Islanders, you've got a little bit of a goalie controversy as well. They could go with Simeon Varlamov once again, or they could switch to Thomas Grice. If you're the Flyers, I think you're going with Carter Hart pretty much no matter what. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think we're going to get uh, two teams completing the three to one comeback. And what the hey, give me Oscar Lindblom to get the game winner in that game. And then I don't think all three of these teams are going to complete the 3-1 comeback. I don't think we're going to see that in all three of these series that are left. So in the other game in the Western Conference, give me the Vegas Knights to defeat the Vancouver Canucks in Game 7. 
I just think overall the Knights are the better team, and I think they're equipped enough to uh, hold off the upstart Canucks here. I will say this. The Vancouver Canucks, they're that team that's in the playoffs right now that's kind of making me jealous because they're in a similar situation that the Rangers were in where they definitely overachieved this season. They did more than people probably expected them to do. I don't know how many people had the Canucks in the playoffs, and certainly I don't know how many of them had them making it this deep into the playoffs, going from the qualifying round through the round of 16, potentially through the round of eight, all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And every time you think that this team is about done, uh, they come roaring back. Like we said, you know, they were down three games to one against a team that I think a lot of people might argue is the best team remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs and a team that arguably has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. But they can't do that without getting by the Vancouver Canucks first. But yeah, it, it does make you a little bit jealous as a Ranger fan because you can see the similarities between the Rangers and the Canucks. You see the Canucks going on this deep playoff run, whereas the Rangers, unfortunately, it was a three-game sweep and they were done, of course, the consolation prize to end all consolation prizes makes it sting a little bit less. The Rangers obviously winning the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. They will, in all likelihood, use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. But yeah, it really is a bummer. You know, it, it's it's a situation where it just kind of reminds you that anything's possible in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be this season for the Rangers. But yeah, give me the Knights to uh, hold off this valiant comeback attempt by the Canucks. But you never know what can happen. And uh, I also don't want you guys to worry too much. I know I said that I'm scaring myself by how many reasons I'm finding to root for the Flyers because, you know, you've got AV over there, you've got Kevin Hayes over there, and you've got Oscar Lindblom over there, and his story speaks for itself. We just spent half the episode talking about it, and rightfully so. But yeah, it definitely is kind of eerie that there's this many reasons for, you know, even a Ranger fan to pull for the Flyers a little bit. But don't worry, I'm not going soft on you because no matter who wins Game 7 between the Flyers and Islanders, I think I pretty much have to root for the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals against, again, whoever wins that Game 7. If you're a Ranger fan, I, I just don't know how you can root for the Islanders or the Flyers over a team like the Lightning. And for that matter, I talked about this before, but, you know, the Bruins in this past round. You know, we had Hunter Hodes from Locked on Penguins on here yesterday, and I made the point to him, and I'll make it to you guys again. It's a situation where I've kind of gotten used to rooting for the Lightning a little bit, and it would be really cool to see Ryan McDonough lift that Stanley Cup. So, yeah, give me the Lightning uh, to come out of the Eastern Conference. Give me the Avalanche in the Western Conference, and that would be an absolutely thrilling Stanley Cup matchup if that is indeed what we get. One other thing I definitely want to talk about here today is just how well the NHL has done with the handling of the COVID situation. We are still at a point here where we're basically in the third round of the playoffs. I know they technically call this the second round of the playoffs, but let's be honest here. The qualifying round still counts. We've gone, for all intents and purposes, through three separate playoff rounds, and we have not had a single player or team employee or really anyone uh, test positive for COVID-19. And you might hear that and say, well, how do you know for sure? Because everyone gets the unfit to play tag, whether they're dealing with an illness or an injury or whatever it might be. And that is true. But we also know that the NHL, they were going to protect player privacy and they weren't going to announce who actually has COVID-19, but they were going to release the numbers. If certain if a certain number of players tested positive for COVID-19, that that would be made public information. We just wouldn't know the identities of these players. And to date, through basically three rounds of the playoffs. I mean, the third round of the playoffs here is going to conclude uh, tomorrow night. That's going to be game seven between the Flyers and Islanders. Not a single positive case. So again, I think you really just need to commend the NHL on the job they've done through this. It is not a perfect league. We've seen examples of that throughout this season. There have been, uh, you know, some scandals or whatever you want to call it off the ice. And the argument can and maybe even should be made that at times the NHL hasn't always been the most progressive 
league as it pertains to social matters, but I think they're trying to at least get it right, you know, working hand-in-hand with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, at least acknowledging Black Lives Matter. And, you know, the one day uh, the NBA players all boycotted their game for the day, and the NHL players uh, did not follow suit, or the NHL as a league, rather, did not follow suit until the following day. So, you know, a little bit slow to react there. Again, it is not a perfect league, and there is still much, much work to be done in a lot of aspects of the NHL. But I think when you just look at their handling as a whole of this entire situation, the entire COVID situation where they got 24 different teams together, put them into these hotels, put them into these bubbles, tried to make them as you know comfortable as they possibly can be, and look where we're at now. I mean, we've played over 100 Stanley Cup playoff games and counting, and uh, still, nobody has tested positive. So uh, a big thumbs up there. You could maybe even make the argument, and I don't know. I mean, again, I don't want to jinx anything. We're not through this thing yet. But assuming we get through this entire tournament with no positive cases, you can make the argument that this is one of the NHL's greatest successes ever. And it's a league that's had some success. It's a league that has failed at times. Uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman has had his share of success. He has certainly had his share of failures as well. But... You could even make the argument this is one of his best moments as commissioner if they get through this because as far as, you know, the living conditions and everything like that, it doesn't sound like there have been too many complaints. It sounds like the players are fairly comfortable inside these hotels. Again, these are very unique situations. I'm sure all these guys would love to be able to see their families in between games. I mean, obviously, you're a professional athlete. You're going to have to travel for a living. That just comes with the territory. But, you know, with playoff series, you're going back and forth between cities, and you should at least be able to see your family, you know, whenever you have a home game coming up. Uh, that has not been the case now because all these players, again, they're isolated in either Toronto or Edmonton. But, you know, given the circumstances that the league has been dealt I think you got to give them an overall thumbs up for how this has been handled. And hopefully it continues. And hopefully everybody out there is really enjoying these Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, I know it's a real bummer that the Rangers were knocked out early. Uh, we obviously had bigger plans in the playoffs for the Rangers than getting swept by the Canes in the first round, especially given the fact that the Rangers swept the Canes in the regular season. They won all four meetings. It's definitely a team that I think a lot of us felt that the Rangers could beat. But. It just didn't work out, but hopefully, uh, despite all that, everybody's still enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know it's a little bit different without the crowds, but it actually is kind of funny how fast you can get used to it. And, uh, you know, they're making the best of, like I said, a very, very uh, difficult situation. I know there are bigger issues in the world than whether or not the NHL does the Stanley Cup playoffs, but, you know, I do believe in the power of sports. Uh, they can heal. They can make you feel better about some things. They can give you a lift when you really need it. And these Stanley Cup playoffs have delivered. I mean, the, the competition is there. It's just as fierce as it's ever been. I definitely do miss having the fans in attendance. Obviously, they can't attend for very, very obvious reasons, and it would be great to have them there, but be that as it may, it's looking like we're going to get a Stanley Cup champion, and fingers crossed that that is indeed what happens. And again, you know, I hope everybody's enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you know, if you want to be a glass-half-full kind of person, then you also know that it's not going to be too long until the next season starts because the tentative start date for the NHL next season is December 1st. And, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. There's a lot of different theories as to how next season will work. I mean, how are these guys going to get through 82 regular season games? Because, listen, it's one thing to put these players and these teams into a bubble for, you know, two and a half months at the most because that's how long it was going to take to get through this postseason tournament. But, to ask all these players to do that for an 82-game regular season and then all the playoffs, I don't see how you can do that. So 
the NHL is going to have to get creative. We'll kick around some ideas as to, you know, how the NHL might approach that situation going forward. But, you know, I'm just looking forward to the next chapter of Ranger Hockey, and hopefully everybody out there is staying safe and uh, enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs wherever you might be. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention real quick before we call it a day here is I'm definitely looking to do next season a Lockdown New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League. So for any listeners out there, if you're into fantasy hockey or even if you've never played, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's obviously going to be low stakes. There's not going to be any money involved or anything like that. It's just going to be a lot of fun. We'll all, you know, figure out a night to draft teams, a night that works for everybody. And uh, we'll just have some fun, you know, talking smack throughout the season. We'll see who emerges as our champion. There might be a small prize for the winner of the league. I'm not sure. I've got some ideas, but I don't want to share them just yet. I'll mention this from time to time. If you are interested, definitely send an email to the address that I just gave. And, uh, you know, I'll obviously mention this more and more as we approach the start of the 2020-2021 season. But, yes, that will do it for today, guys. I'll see you next time.